Thanks for joining us today for the podcast. We're joined today by Jason Meredith. Jason, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Eddie. I appreciate it. Appreciate, appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Jason's uh, one of our planning attorneys. I'm going to let him introduce yourself, but he's just uh, I love Jason. Just a great guy, great father, great husband, and an excellent attorney. So, Jason, just tell us a little about you, and uh, we'll get started on our topic. Great. Thanks, Eddie. Um, I, uh, my background, I am a, an estate planning attorney. Uh, I have a board certification in estate planning and probate in, uh, in, in Texas, as I live in Dallas. I've been with the company for over 10 years, I think, I think close to maybe a little over 11 years. Um, I'm one of the planning attorneys for the company, and uh, I work with a lot of our representatives in designing the estate plans. Yeah, and then he has raised two soccer stars, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, budding soccer stars. <laughs> well, Jason, thanks. We're going to talk today for a little bit about uh, charitable remainder trust, and I, I want to ask you several questions, Jason, if you don't mind. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be simple questions for you, but first of all, what is a charitable remainder trust in real simple terms? Uh, a charitable remainder trust is it's a, a best way to describe it a trust is just an entity that that an individual can create they can create this entity either during their lifetime or upon their death uh, it is a trust that uh, someone an individual would would basically would distribute money to or place assets into uh, it's a trust that will during its lifetime will pay an income stream to a non-charitable organization or an individual or individuals. And then when the trust ends somewhere in the future, what is left in the trust or the remainder of the trust will pass on to charity. That's why it's called a charitable remainder trust because charity gets the remainder of the assets in the trust when it ends. What, uh, what are some of the advantages of setting up a remainder trust maybe in your will? You know, the, the, there's several different advantages. Um, one of, I think one of the primary advantages that, that many of our clients uh, uh, enjoy is the income stream. Um, when, they, when, an, when a client wants to, when an individual wants to leave assets to their heirs, they do not have to just leave them in a lump sum directly to the heirs upon death. They could leave a portion or structure a portion of their inheritance in the form of an income stream. Uh, through the through the charitable remainder trust, so a lot of our clients really like the fact that their children can receive a lump sum and a guaranteed income, maybe for the rest of their life or for a period of years. That's one of the primary advantages. Um, another advantage to a charitable remainder trust at death is is we can oftentimes direct retirement accounts into yeah. a charitable remainder trust. Yeah, great idea. What, what's the if you were looking at what type of asset that really makes sense to put in a remainder trust, what, what are some of those options? Well, if you're talking about uh, a charitable remainder trust upon death, then the most, the most uh, I think probably one of the best assets is the retirement account. Mm -hmm. Retirement accounts, as, as many of us know, have an income tax liability associated with them. Uh, these are dollars that we've never paid, the client has never paid income taxes on. So by by directing retirement accounts into a charitable remainder trust at death, and at the very moment of death, the income tax is not, does not have to be paid. 
it's in a sense, what a way to think of it is the income tax is delayed um, and it will eventually be paid through the payment of the income stream to the heirs, but it's a way to delay the income tax. In a sense, one way to think of it is it is a way to require that the, in, that the retirement accounts are stretched out over the beneficiary's lifetime. So that's probably one of the best, the best things we can use at, at death. You know, I, I tell folks, Jason, that a, a retirement account, meaning a remainder trust, while it is technically very different from like an IRA or 401k or another kind of qualified plan, it feels the same because you have compounding interest in a tax-free environment. So it's kind of like giving, it, while it's different, it, it feels like giving a retirement account to heirs with the benefit of also helping charity. Does that make sense? Is that it really does, and, and, the, and it, like, I, like I was said a few minutes ago, it is, it is a way to ensure that the retirement account will be stretched out over time, because without a vehicle like this, then what we generally see is retirement accounts uh, cashed out within 90 days after an individual passes away. And that's what the average is in the United States. And the problem with that is when those retirement accounts are passed out, the individual beneficiary is generally, usually forced into a higher income tax bracket. Mm -hmm. But the charitable remainder trust would allow the beneficiaries, the heirs, to receive a little bit of income every year, keeping them in lower income tax brackets. If I had, uh, if I have just leave one of my son's money outright, or both my son's money outright, and they are in a car accident, or they're going through a divorce, or there's some other bankruptcy or some suit issues, and I leave the money outright, that money is exposed. But what if I put this money in a testamentary charitable maintenance trust? Is there any protective ability in using that charitable trust? Yes, absolutely. The, the principle of the trust, uh, so what, what is remaining sitting in that trust, uh, will, cannot be attached by creditors in a lawsuit, uh, a bankruptcy, um, uh, a divorce, if, one of your, if your son or one of your children got a divorce, those are asset-protected vehicles. Uh, so that is, that is one of the other aspects, uh, appealing aspects of this type of planning. Well, you know, and, and it makes sense, too, with uh, the recent su Supreme Court ruling that was, uh, I think, 9-0. And uh, right. the use of a trust makes even more sense, it seems to me. Do you agree with that? I agree, and, and this is something that, that most individuals really aren't even aware of because this is such a new ruling, but in May of this year, of 2014, our Supreme Court determined and ruled that an inherited IRA is no longer protected in the bankruptcy realm, uh, which we can then believe that it's probably not protected in the realm of creditors and divorcing spouses either. So, so uh, knowing that, that that inherited IRA, if it was left outright to your sons or, or children, is not protected, this is another way to, to make sure we keep that protection. And wasn't that ruling really 9 zero? Um, say that again. Well, I think the ruling from the Supreme Court was nine zero. Oh, I misunderstood you. Yes, that's right. It was it was unanimous. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, that's <laughs> don't be well, overturned. That, and that really surprised us because prior to that date, uh, this, the circuit courts had had a split decision on this. So the fact that it was a, a nine zero unanimous decision was very surprising. Yeah. Well, Jason, uh, if someone wants to reach out and ask you a question, um, do you mind giving your email address or telephone number? Yes, my email address is jason, J-A-S-O-N, at C-E-Plan, P-L-A-N dot com. 
And my telephone number is 214-513-1013. They can email or call me anytime. Well, Jason's the best. I tell you, I, I, he, he is so capable. But more than his capability is he's a good man. And um, Jason, we appreciate you spending time with us today and, and uh, giving us a really good insight into how to use a charitable trust. Let me ask you one last question. Uh, what would be a benchmark? How much do you have to have before you set up a charitable trust? What would you recommend? That That is going to be the answer to that question is definitely going to vary by opinion. I think a lot of it does determine, uh, is determined on who is going to be the trustee of the trust, whether we're serving, naming a corporate trustee who's going to charge a fee to do this or we're charging, or it's going to be an individual who might agree to not charge a fee. Um, but in, in my personal opinion, I think you should have, I would say, about $250,000 or more. Yeah. Uh, but I do I do agree that my my opinion that can vary on uh, other people sure. have other opinions here. Yeah, yeah. Trust companies might have a lot. Depends on what trust company even. I've seen them as low as a hundred thousand, the highest up to five hundred thousand is a benchmark. True. Well, Jason, you're awesome. Thank you for your time today, and uh, we hope that uh, this podcast has been helpful. And really appreciate Jason taking time today. Jason, thank you. Thank you, Eddie.